and dub in the fear of God and listen to the Holy Gospel a chapter from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. May his blessings remain awesome. What your David the Prophet and King, may his blessings be with us all. Amen. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, O Lord, to deliver us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Glory be to forever and ever. Amen. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other food there except that one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiparius near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Don't labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has sent his seal on him. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit one God. I mean, today we have many occasions. We are celebrating today the feast of Saint Paul, the first hermit, and today also is the eve of Jonah's fast. And we, in the same time, we have the reading of the second or the, the first Sunday of the Blessed Month of Amshir. So we'll try together with the help of the Holy Spirit to mix the three events together in our talk this morning. We used to speak always about Jonah, how he repented, how he was convicted, how the Lord was trying to give him a second chance, and this is for all of us. And we spoke many times also about those mariners who repented. Today let us look differently to the story of Jonah. Our title is Getting Jonah Off Your Boat. This was the way that they were saved. That the storm was calmed because they get rid or get Jonah of the boat. The first thing we might think of, don't let him board in the first place. In verse 1, 3, in Jonah chapter 1, it says, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Sometimes we feel that things are flowing smoothly. So this is the right thing to do it. Jonah has paid the fees and then he has the right to be in the boat. But I think this morning the Lord is asking us, is it really you ask the Lord? He is fleeing from the presence of the Lord. 
are you really sure that Jonah should be in your boat or not? Jonah it might be <coughs> a relationship, might be a love of career, a love of money, a love of anything in your life. Something shouldn't be bored from the first place in your, in your ship. But you accept it because you felt it's normal. Everybody doing the same thing. So why I have to think about it? Why I have to see if it's allowed for Jonah to be in my ship or not? So the first thing the Lord is telling us, now you can think of it. Is it the right relationship? Is it the right place to work in? Is it the right way you think about your career, your studies, your future? Or you are boarding the wrong Jonah in the ship because he paid the fees. Everybody is doing it at a certain time or in a certain way. So the first warning, don't allow him in your boat if he is not the one to be in your boat. The second thing in the same chapter, verse 10, it reads, Then the, man, the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Second thing, realize why the storm are in your life. We try to tend many times to ignore what is going on. We say it's normal. There is nothing normal. Everything has a meaning and has a purpose in your life. It looks normal that every day people are passing their exams and other people not passing their exams. How did you read your passing your exam or not passing? It's not that an event happened in your life. It's telling us, realize why the storm are in your life. You have to read it, not to live it. We used to live life as it is. I go to work every day or to uni or whatever I'm going to do every day. And I feel everything is normal. Nothing is normal. We are in the presence of the mighty God, the Pantocrator, who is the controller of everything. He is talking to me and he's talking to you. Those people tried to wonder or started to wonder why this storm. And then they reach a conclusion in the end. So first of all, ask yourself, is it allowed for Jonah to be in your boat? Secondly, if by mistake or intentionally or non-intentionally you accepted him in your boat, now why this storm in your life? Are you going to find a reason to calm this storm or you leave it and say it's normal? Everyone is passing through it. The third thing in the story, in the same chapter, verse 5, then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and lay, lay down and was fast asleep. Third thing, don't get rid of the wrong things. They get rid of every single cargo in the ship, trying to save the cargo. Again, you read the storm wrongly. You are trying to do something will never help. The issue is Jonah is on board. You need to get off him board. That's why the third thing, sometimes we feel I can get rid of few things, whatever they are. But is it the really, is it really the main causes of this storm? Or you imagine it? Or because you can easily get rid of it. But the main cause of your storm, you insist to keep it in your life. So again, don't get rid of the wrong things. You know exactly what you need to stop, what sort of sin, what sort of relationship, what sort of thoughts you adopt in your life that making this storm day and night in your life. And the fourth thing is telling us don't work to keep Jonah in your life. 
Sometimes you try to make sen more paint sen with a colorful paint to keep it, but I am going to name it something else. In verse 13 it said, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land, but they couldn't, for the sea continued grow more against them. So they went, they want to keep him, which looks something full of sympathy. That we are keen on this man not to be thrown on the, on, or not to be off the boat. But the reality you are trying to oppose God's will. The reality that you insist to keep your sin, your wrong job and your life by any means. Whether by getting rid of the wrong cargo or by insisting that I can try again. I can overcome the storm my own way, not his own way. The fifth thing, in verse 15 he says, So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. When you get rid of your Jonah, your life will immediately get back on course. As if he's telling us, if you insist to sort the problem your own way, the storm will remain. Get rid of all your cargo, which again was beneficial for you if you keep it. And insist that Jonah should be there. You are the loser. And if this is a preparation for tomorrow to think in the three days when you are fasting, who is my Jonah that I need to get him off my boat? We'll find the readings today exactly matching the same message. St. Paul was telling them in 1 Corinthians 5.12 But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. Named a brother, it means a church member. And you know the whole chapter was telling us about a man who was married from his father's wife and insisted that this is legal and lawful according to the law of God. And it was not lawful. They warned him many times and he insisted, I am not going to leave this woman. St. Paul said, if such person in the church and named a brother and living in sin, not sinning, living in sin and insisted on sin, do not keep company who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a viver or drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with a such person. He is not falsifying the law of love, but he is telling us that now if the church is the only place where we can say what is right and what is wrong. And the church cannot accept a, someone called a brother living in such, such life. He's telling us this Jonah should be out for his own sake's repentance. And when the Lord <coughs> had the storm for Jonah, it was for his own salvation and for the salvation of the whole city of Nineveh. So when we insist to keep the wrong thing against the word of God, we are losing. And the storm will be against all of the mariners and everyone around them. The Catholic epistle, St. Paul, St. John, St. Peter was telling the same thing. That therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. This is the calling of this whole church. What does it mean that every single Jonah in my life, whether it's a habit, a sin, a relationship, a person, I'm going to get rid of it to be without spot and blameless before him. The book of Acts was telling us St. Paul was in total surrender to the Lord. And he was not opposing him. He opposed him for years. But once he met him, so he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. He wants us to be surrendering with the mariners. After all what we have done in the past, my trials to calm the storm was wrong. But now it's time to say with St. Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? In full surrender to receive the power of him. The psalm was very joyful. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Don't resist the storm. But obey him and he is able to deal with the storm. You can deal with the storm by yourself. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. And this is what he wants everyone in each liturgy. Praising God and getting home with such overjoy that I am here in his presence in full surrender to him. That's why the gospel was telling us, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures everlasting life. When we insist to get Jonah out of the boat, of the boat, then we are living this life. We are not seeking our own pleasure, or seeking our own understanding. I want to keep him on account of anything else. When we celebrate today the feast of Saint Paul the Great, the first hermit, he is again another example or a third example to us. I was able to throw away my Jonah. As we heard in Sanctarium, he was walking with his brother and just disputing about money. And when he saw this rich man going home, going, going to be buried naked only with his garment, he said, I am sure on one day I'm going to be buried like him. There's nothing in this world can make such a dispute with my brother. That's why he was able to throw his Jonah in the right time. And he was blessed with 70 years, full of active life, seeking the food which endures for everlasting life. In the liturgy, we are uniting ourselves with the church saints and the church fathers. We are asking for their intercession to give us or to have this clear insight to be able to enjoy the fullness of the life. We pray that the fast tomorrow will be a real fast for every one of us to be able to discern and to throw the right Jonah from our life. May the good of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.